We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, the number one podcast network for today's Kansas City sports fans. With former players from your favorite teams, informed perspectives, and former insiders, this is the place for you. KC Sports Network is proudly presented by Emprise Bank, your partner in Possible. What's up, Chiefs Kingdom? It is Wednesday in Chiefs Kingdom, and the Chiefs are 6-2, and two, tied alongside the Buffalo Bills atop the AFC. And it is Wednesday, which means we are going to be joined by YouTube legend Brett Coleman in here just in a little bit for this episode of KCSN Update, which is your daily Chiefs podcast and video from us here at KC Sports Network. I'm BJ Kissel, founder of KCSN and former Chiefs insider and sideline reporter. A uh, little bit of news before we get to Brett. Matthew Wright, uh, the Chiefs basically backup kicker kind of insurance for Harrison Butker dealing um, hopefully still dealing with that ankle. Uh, and I say that because that would explain uh, why some of the misses and some of the struggles that we've seen from Butker this year, but uh, Matthew Wright, no longer on the chiefs practice squad as he was signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers to their active roster. So hopefully we see uh, better performances from Butker moving forward. Um, but we are going to bring Brett on to talk a little bit about the Titans game and obviously the upcoming game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. But before we do that, here's a quick word from our friends and presenting sponsor of KCS and update DraftKings. NFL Sundays are only getting better, and so are the incredible offers at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. And check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use or place a same game parlay and combine multiple bets like which team will win player props, point totals, and more. Uh, my personal favorite are the anytime scores. Uh, you can do across the NFL and uh, always feel like you got a chance. Uh, with payouts bigger than ever, DraftKings Sportsbook is my go-to when betting on the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code KCSN and get a $5 pregame money line bet to get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL with code KCSN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right, right now, let's bring on YouTube legend Brett Coleman to talk a little Chiefs Titans, a little Chiefs Jags, uh, get us all mentally prepared for what the Chiefs are going to face on both sides of the ball when they take the field against the fighting Doug Petersons. Brett, how we doing, man? I'm worried. I'm not going to lie. 
I'm what are you worried I'm about a, my my inability to read a DraftKings read after doing about 200 of them already. No, 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 no. You're you're a, you're a bigger pro at it than me. Oh come on! I'm I'm worried about the Chiefs, and and there's no. some things that I think, you know, obviously are, are never going to change. First things first. Pat Mahomes, good God, he's a good football player. Pretty good, yeah. <laughs> um, but you know, I come on every single week and we have some discussions. Like, okay, what's the good? What's the bad? I'm I'm starting to see some trends develop that we've mentioned okay. before mm-hmm. that are starting to become actualized and kind of written in stone here. Like, what did we say last week? Like, hey, outside zone at a two back kind of gives them trouble. But, you know, Tennessee doesn't really run a whole lot of two backs, so they should be fine. Well, Derek Henry got 100 yards in the first half by running outside zone out of two back. So they paid attention. And that's a team mm-hmm. that normally doesn't do that personnel grouping as much. They paid attention to that and exposed it. And even though their offense overall got held down in the second half because they have a rookie quarterback that still has a long way to go, yeah, man, they go up against a team that majors in that. I I got I got a little bit of worries there. Uh, I'm not All gonna right. lie. All right, let's stay here. Let's stay with this. Then you talk about the the struggles. Explain it to me like I'm a kindergartner, like you're talking to my daughter. Explain to me the outside zone, the two back. What stresses is that putting on the defense? Who needs to step up? Who needs to play better? And what are the keys? for the Chiefs defense to be better in that area? Because you're so good at, at dialing this down and kind of peeling back the onion to explain to us what we should be looking for and, and what we should be concerned about. So the the thing with it that makes it um, tough to stop, and I'll, I, I have a, a run from the early second quarter. I'll, I'll, I'll send this off to, to the guys. They can throw that up if they want to. Um, okay. But the thing is, when you're under center in the I formation with a fullback, like typically in a four down front, there's going to be a bubble somewhere. You know, you're going to have to set the three technique somewhere. And typically they're going to set the three technique to the side, uh, to the strong side of the offensive formation where the tight end is. So there's going to be a bubble on the other side, mm-hmm. which means there's a B gap that if you can get a good double team on the nose and then work up to the linebacker that's screaming over the top, there's a B gap that should be relatively open for the fullback to come through. And then it just comes down to, How well does the linebacker take on the lead block? How well does the other linebacker get over the top of the double? Can the nose get off the double and kind of work back the other way? Like a lot of it comes down to, you know, what the nose is doing against that Mm -hmm. double Um, because the success of the zone run game is literally determined by what the center does typically. Uh, And they've struggled in that area. Like whoever has lined up um, at nose against that concept has struggled to, um, they call it replacing the scoop. Mm-hmm. I struggle to do that technique to like steal back a gap, so to speak. You know, you, you, in this particular run with Henry, like, you know, you had the the Mike take on the fullback and stick him in the backfield, but Bolton got caught in the backside by the center and got washed out and Henry got like 20 yards. Mm-hmm. And I was worried that that, that was going to happen because it's happened to them a lot this year, but I didn't necessarily believe that Tennessee was going to have that much success doing it. And they did. Mm-hmm. And I think going up against any other team in the AFC, the NFC, if they eventually get to a Super Bowl that does that more and loves running 21 or 22 personnel, or if they have a tight end slash fullback, like a used to like, oh my God, if they, if they played the Niners in the Super Bowl, like a healthy Niners team in the Super Bowl, I, I think they would, they would have problems with this type of stuff. Um, hell, they already did this year in the regular season, as yeah. we mentioned. Uh, and that was an unhealthy Niners team. 
And so that particularly on defense gives me a lot of concern. And then on offense, like the Titans did a lot of the same stuff Buffalo did. Like they were cover one 60% of the time on third mm-hmm. down. And it worked. Like was it were it not for Pat being able to be the fastest four eight runner in the history of the sport, <laughs> you know, because everybody else was covered up, like they would have really struggled to score. And I'm really concerned that a team that can run the ball in outside zone and play man coverage, that's a horrific matchup for them. I really hope they don't run into that kind of team again because I, I don't know if they're going to be able to beat a team like this that doesn't have Malik Willis at quarterback. You, I know you have the numbers or you have access to the numbers, so I'm going to ask the question very slowly so you can bring them up very quickly. But looking ahead, I mean, and I don't have you know that information in front of me, but you know what teams like to run, you know, two back. What teams are the that the Chiefs could be facing over the next few weeks really like to do this, knowing that, you know, you just made the point that the Titans weren't necessarily a team that did that, but they saw something on film like, you know what, we could have success with this and not that every team the Chiefs play, starting with the Jaguars next Sunday, could turn around and do the same thing. But uh, you mentioned use check. Are there other teams within the AFC or, you know, could be looming for the Chiefs that are really good and really um, already doing this quite a bit to where that should be something that we pay attention to moving forward? You know, I, I don't have the two back stuff up, but I do have the Damn. coverage stuff up. And unfortunately mm-hmm. for them, it's some teams that they might end up having to face here in January. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami runs cover one eighty-seven uh, percent of the time in week nine on third down. Like that's that's literally their third down call. And for the mm-hmm. season, they're second in the league at forty percent. So they're they definitely leaned into it last week because they could. Um, yeah. The Patriots run at sixty percent of the time. Steelers, you're probably not going to have to worry about in the playoffs, but um, the Titans, you will. And they're sixth in the league in, in man coverage on third down. They upped it by 20 extra percent against the Chiefs. <laughs> like, um, wow. you know, Buffalo wow. ran it 60 percent of the time last week. Like a lot of these AFC playoff teams, I, I think they're they're as the season goes on, they are increasing the amount of cover one they're running in high leverage situations um and i think the chiefs need to figure out an answer for that before they get to january or it's going to cause problems because it can't just be go win travis like that can't be the game plan it's not going to work is odell beckham an answer to the solution if he's healthy a solution to this yeah if he's healthy i know He's back on social media and their Chiefs fans talking to him and he's yeah. just loving this recruiting like deal. And I, you know what? I don't blame him at all. Like uh, no matter where he ends up, um, he's, he's enjoying this process and he's utilizing social media to rile up multiple fan bases at once. And Chiefs fans doesn't take long. And the more we talk about things like this and the man coverage stuff and the cover one and all of the, the ways in which you can almost feel a little bit like it's disrespectful <laughs> to what the Chiefs do, but teams are having success with it. It works. So at that point, it it's not. <laughs> Uh, disrespectful at that point. Um, and I actually had made the point because going back to the Titans game, Mike Vrabel's been so good against Andy Reid. There's one coach or one team that's had a lot of success or has been good against Andy Reid and what the Chiefs do. It is Mike Vrabel. And I remember talking to Teron Davenport saying, do you feel like a line of 12 and a half that went up to 14 was disrespectful at the time? He said, no, we haven't proven. You know, We went up against the Bills and got smoked. I haven't proven that we could play with a team like this. But then they went out and did what they generally do against the Chiefs, which is make it just an absolutely brutal game to watch if you're a Chiefs fan. That was not a fun game to watch. This is a sport of matchups. Tennessee does not match up well with Buffalo, but they match up very well with Kansas City. Kansas City theoretically 
could match up well with Buffalo. And I mean, they almost beat them before if they end up, you know, hosting the AFC championship game again for like the sixth straight year. Like I would give them a better edge in the rematch than I would Buffalo, especially if Josh Allen's hurt. Um, yeah, like this is this is a sport of matchups, and then you got Miami, who it's like God, who who matches up well with with <laughs> their receiving core? I don't know if anybody does, but like yeah. they're they're kind of the snake in the grass right now. The U.S. Olympic track team. <laughs> oh my God! Well, the good news for the Chiefs this week is the Jaguars only run man coverage on third down like twenty three percent of the time because their secondary is horrible and they can't run man coverage so you're going to be fine like this is going to be like a 35 point game for the chiefs because it's all going to be zone and travis is going to run endless option routes and get 12 catches and and you're going to be fine this week and juju this is this is a zone game this is another juju game so if you're looking at fantasy football uh looking for one of those although you know, we've seen this before where teams like don't run a lot of zone and then they go up against the Chiefs. Like, you know what? We're or they run a lot of zone. Also, you know what? We're gonna play man predominantly. If there was uh, a the secondary, if there was any secondary in the league where if they ran man, I'd still think the Chiefs would beat it. it it's probably the Jags. All so, right. you know, whatever the over-unders are over on DraftKings, you know, go use the KCSN promo code and do the over on Juju because you're probably gonna hit it. There you go. All right, let's talk a little bit about the positives, okay? We just harped on a lot of the negatives for a 6-2 and two team, and I, I understand where you're coming from. It's giving you a hard time. But uh, is there anything coming out of the Titans game outside of Patrick Mahomes that you were impressed by? Uh, the defense definitely clamped down in the mm-hmm. second half. They did a much better job. They got it together. Um, I think they realized that the Tennessee offense was Derrick Henry, and that's it. <laughs> and so they were completely selling out uh, against the run. Will they be able to do that same thing against, you know, future opponents? Probably not. But I do I, I do like that we at least saw them get it together after a couple big runs from Henry. Yeah. Um, and, you know, this is a Chiefs defense that historically gets better as the year goes on. They're constantly tweaking and adjusting. And it, like in terms of developing talent, this is one of the best defensive coaching staffs in the league, in my opinion. So that was my main positive takeaway that didn't include Patrick Mahomes. Um I do think that Juju is getting more comfortable and I think we're starting to see him develop a really good connection with Mahomes in terms of, you know, reading defenses and, you know, how he settles in zones and kind of becoming that, that big slot security blanket. So that Travis doesn't have to do all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, So I I do think that there are positives to take away, but against a more well-rounded team, I, I would have, I would have been a little bit more worried. It's always going to be a clarifier. And I want to ask a couple more questions about the Titans game, and then we'll move on and, and preview the Jags a little bit more than you just said, basically saying their secondary is not very good. A um, couple of debuts uh, for Chiefs players. I know Trent McDuffie played basically a half against Arizona, but this is the first time that we'd seen him on the field for an entire game. Is there anything about Trent McDuffie's performance that stood out to you? Um, I, I think that he was sorely needed or sorely mm-hmm. missed, I should say. Uh, incredibly talented, incredibly feisty, tough kid. Um, you know, Washington DBs usually are. I, I've always had an affinity for Husky DBs because, man, they got a type. And it's dudes that want to yeah. chew your face off every single play. Um, I think that he's going to be a favorite among Chiefs Kingdom for a long time. And to be honest, like, the way he moves, I think he could play corner or safety or slot mm-hmm. like my ideal yeah. projection for him was to be the new Tyron Matthew they don't necessarily mm-hmm. need him there right now but they could do that in the future mm-hmm. and I think like my projection was he's a good corner he's an all pro safety 
And I'm very <laughs> curious to see if we eventually see that from him. Again, they don't need it right now. They could put him at corner and they'll be fine. Um, as the years go on, I think that he is such a special mover and so rangy and so tough and such a good tackler. Like, I I think if he was a long-term option at safety, <laughs> jersey's up in the Raptors one day. Oh. Yeah. I love, I think he's that, love to I think hear he's, it. I think he's that kind of guy. Love to hear it just because we're talking about a secondary that had gotten older. They had a lot of guys in second contract. They had Tyron. They had Sorensen. Uh, they got Justin Reed now, and Thornhill's coming up on his deal. But uh, you look at four, four rookie defensive backs who are all contributing now. I know Brian Cook's paying a lot in the dime, but he's been out on the field. We know what Jalen Watson, Josh Williams have made plays, and now you get McDuffie back, who was the best of all of them. And we've been spending most of the year talking about how good Jalen Watson and, again, Josh Williams have been, uh, that just the makeup, and we've talked before about the roster composition and what you could do from a financial perspective when you've got four, basically, starters or heavy contributors on your defense all under rookie contracts at premium-priced positions. Uh, mm -hmm. as far as what you would have to spend to go out and get one of those guys at free agency. Uh, and that kind of brings me into my next point. And we had talked about um, this, I believe, with the Kadarius Tony picked up. I know we talked about it on KCSN all the time of only Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Sky Moore uh, were under contract for the Chiefs beyond this season in that wide receiver room. So making the move for Kadarius Tony, giving up a couple mid-round picks that are actually lower than projected they say third round pick but it's a third round comp pick so somewhere in the hundreds mm -hmm. or the, the the early hundreds uh to get that pick uh to get a talent like that and then we saw him catch the first pass of the game saw him in there quite a bit uh, a few times in the red zone uh what's your you know feeling on the way that Kadarius tony may be able to help solve some of these problems and the the little bit that we saw from him on uh, sunday night you know i i think that they're still trying to work him in which they did give him more, more snaps than I think a lot of people were, were expecting. Mm -hmm. um, but I still think that he is, as, as we see all these teams that are running 60% man coverage on third down, they want him to be the answer to that where it's okay. We're running cover one. You are running a choice route and we are trusting that you're going to go win on that choice route because you're, they're not going to have any help on you. Um, mm -hmm. That is the goal. And I think eventually as the year goes on, he will probably get there and he will be the answer on man coverage or at least dangerous enough on man coverage that teams stop calling it. And if yep. you can just get yep. him to be a big enough threat on third and five so that they're calling cover two and not cover one, mm -hmm. Travis can do everything else. Yep. Then, then it's the Travis show. You just need to get teams to be scared of calling man coverage on third and medium and you won't be stopped again. That's that's why they made that trade. Is it literally as simple as just like defensive coordinators game playing and they see 19 Kadarius Tony's number out there or they're game planning like we can't do this. They just look at the matchup. So like Andy Reid is going to tear us apart if this is what it is. And, and Mahomes and Kadarius Tony can get on the same page. I just I, I want to yeah. be a fly on the wall when they're looking at it like crap, like we can't do that. At, at some point, then all of a sudden you're calling like one double, but on a slot receiver and not on everybody else. Hmm. And if you're calling, if you're, if they still want to call man coverage on third down, but they do not trust their slot to handle a choice route from Kadarius Tony, and they have to then allocate a bracket on him, mm -hmm. then that opens up things where, okay, now we can get a one on one out of the backfield against a linebacker who traditionally, when he's covering, he might 
you know, be used to having a little bit of help inside so he can kind of over leverage himself outside. Now he has to kind of play honest and you could take advantage of that kind of thing. Or, um, you know, obviously Travis <laughs> can do Travis things. Um, you know, MVS, if you just need one ball to MVS against man yeah. coverage, a game and, and he's paying for himself. So it's not even just about the fact that making them not call cover one. It's about if you can dictate how they call cover one, you can mm-hmm. game plan for the rest of it. But I think he is a key piece in terms of what he can do as a talent to scare defensive coordinators out of dictating the game. And if you can dictate the game as an offense, you're going to be successful. A lot of it will come down to obviously the comfortability on those choice routes. How much do they, how much is Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Eric Bieniemy, Matt Nagy, how much do they trust him to be on the same page with Mahomes in those moments? Because those are high leverage moments. Uh, He's going to be making those plays. I'm, question for you as you watched as we all watched Patrick Mahomes uh, scramble around I saw the next gen stats numbers running for like over 500 yards uh, just scrambling around outside the pocket Uh, a because it's part of his game but what's he like it's what he likes to do but to the points that you and I have brought up and you and I have talked about talked about it with Trevor uh, Sikama from Pro Football Focus and all the stats about Chiefs being in like the bottom four and as far as allowing the most pressures uh, but then being in the chiefs being in the top four of like sacks given up because Patrick Holmes is so good at getting out of this stuff. We've talked about it so much with the tackles. Uh, we talked about it on the post game show. I know we had the second screen watch party this past game talking about Trey Smith at right guard, not having one of his better games, not playing well in this one. How much of that and what you saw from the chiefs offensive line has been dictated by some of the matchups they've gone up against compared to sometimes you just have to give the other side credit or areas that are going to be a thing for the Chiefs throughout the rest of the season and getting into the playoffs? I think it's a nuanced question because I think you kind of alluded to it. We're like, hey, the other side gets paid too. Right. Jeffrey Simmons is a top three to four interior pass rusher in the league. Like the list is Aaron Donald and then take whatever combination of, of Simmons, Buckner, Chris Jones you want. Like they're all in the same tier. Yeah. So it's kind of like, would you fault Trey if he lost to Chris Jones one-on-one? Probably not because no. you guys know how good Chris is. Same kind of thing. Yep. You know, Wiley losing to Von Miller badly. Uh, you know, every week it's an, it's a new thing. But if you're going up against like all pro caliber talent, they're going to yep. get theirs too. Yep. The only guy who's not getting consistently beat is Creed because – Shocker. He's also an all pro caliber talent. Um, but, you know, I think that Chiefs fans are frustrated because it seems like every week there is a new matchup that gives them problems. And they're correct. Mm-hmm. But it's the National Football League. That's going to happen. And luckily, yep. they have a quarterback who, when Wiley gets beat or when Trey gets beat um, or when Orlando gets beat, he can make up for it and he can make everything okay. And as long mm-hmm. as you got that dude, you're going to be fine generally. And they've generally, and I asked the question knowing that I kind of feel the other way. Um, I don't want to lead you into one thing or another, but like the offensive line for as bad as they've been at times, even within those same games, they figure it out for pockets of time where they get the block. They give Patrick Mahomes enough time to sit in the pocket. What was frustrating about the game on Sunday night is it felt like every time he left the pocket is when he didn't need to. And every time he stood there is when everything was collapsing around him. And it's just the timing of everything. But we saw it against the 49ers. They struggled early. Bosa got his. And then they Andy Reid went into his play calling bag and just completely confused him. There's been a lot talked about that. And then obviously the Titans, Jeffrey Simmons was going to wreck games. That is what he does. And to your point, like all of the stunts and uh, all of the different things that they were doing 
that is what makes the Titans very, very good. And that's why they are a difficult matchup. It's why they're one of the top teams in the AFC. So um, completely agree with what you're saying uh, regarding it's the entire unit that has to come together. And Patrick Mahomes kind of makes up for a lot of that stuff. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, let's move on to previewing a little bit of Chiefs and Jags. Uh, what can you tell us? Let's start on the offensive side of the ball for the Jags. Obviously, the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, new head coach, and Doug Peterson. What have you seen from that group? Because at the beginning of the season, from an outside casual observer, looked like they were playing well, they had it together, and then all of a sudden, it just kind of, the wheels come off uh, for a little bit. It seems like it's kind of a strange team to follow, uh, depending upon week by week. They have started to find a little bit more of an identity lately, and that identity is Travis Etienne. Um, he has been phenomenal for them. He's been one of the best running backs in the league over the last five or six weeks. Um, and it's interesting because, you know, coming out of coming out of Clemson, we're like, okay, he's he's your your crack toss guy. He's your outside zone guy. He's you know, you want to get him to the edges because he's super fast and all that kind of stuff. He's actually running in between the tackles a lot better mm -hmm. than than he did in college, you know, right now. And so I am fascinated to see if some of the outside zone woes that that we brought up, they don't they're not um, like a huge two back team or anything like that. Um, but I, I am fascinated to see if, you know, maybe they go into 12 personnel um, and then do some two back runs out of 12 personnel. I'm curious to see how Kansas City handles that, because if they do, I don't necessarily think that they have a counterpunch. You know, I don't think they have a counterpunch that can still hurt the Chiefs if they can't get ETN going like they don't have a true number one receiver. They will next year when they get Calvin Ridley. Um, but for now, like you're dealing with Marvin Jones and Zay Jones and Christian Kirk like this secondary can handle that uh, just like they handled all the Titans receivers. So I think it does come down to, can you stop Travis Etienne? If yes, mm -hmm. you win by a lot. If no, it will be an uncomfortably close game, 
but you should still win. But emphasize on the uncomfortably close. What's been your impression of what you've seen from Trevor Lawrence this year? New offense, new system. I've seen different highlights of him making plays that it kind of raised your eyebrows. Like, okay, that's that's pretty good. And then I've seen plays where it's like, what in the hell was that? So is that just the Trevor Lawrence experience from an outsider? Or, or what are you seeing from him in their offense and specifically as it relates to the passing game? I see a lot of young Josh Allen. Like 2018, 2019 Josh before he became what he is now. Yeah. And I can't remember if the Chiefs ever, ever played against Josh Allen in, in those two years where, you know, you saw the talent and the size and the arm strength and the mobility and some of the throws every now and then where you're like, oh my God, like that's, mm-hmm. that's different. And then you get in the red zone and he presses and he throws a horrific interception. And to be fair, Allen still does a little bit of that. He just did it again <laughs> last week. Um, you know, Allen obviously cut that down a lot, but like I see a lot of 2018, 2019 Josh Allen in Trevor where he tries to do way too much and he, it gets him in trouble. And I get it. Like, again, he doesn't have a number one receiver and he has to try to make plays and press to get the most out of Marvin Jones and Christian Kirk, who are number twos and number threes on most teams, respectively. Um, which is why I think that if ETN gets going and Trevor doesn't have to do everything by himself, he can be really dangerous. But if ETN doesn't get going, Trevor will press and Trevor will mm-hmm. try to play hero ball and he will throw you a couple interceptions, like 100% mm-hmm. he will. So like that's from a Chiefs perspective, that's enemy number one is ETN. You stop him, you probably stop everything else because Trevor's going to turn the ball over and you give Pat a couple extra possessions, you're going to win by a lot. Um, but a- as a talent, Trevor is a great talent boy, he needs a true number one. Like I need oxygen. <laughs> yeah. And that's probably the reason they went out there and made that move. It was one of the more in a very active, I think it was the most active trade deadline we've ever had. I think that was still mm-hmm. the Calvin Ridley trade was still one of the ones that uh, no one really saw coming. That was not a player or a thing that anybody kind of alluded to, but um not going to say it's going to be nice because every time this happens, like I just think about the Colts game. Uh, it'll be nice for the Chiefs to go up against a team that doesn't have a strong secondary, to your point. We'll get into the defense here in a second. But everything on paper says stop ETN, force the quarterback to make some mistakes. It's a perfect Steve Spagnolo type. Uh, send the house, do all those things that he likes to do, all the pressure, all the confusing games. Um, seems like a good game for the Chiefs defense that uh, has got to be feeling good. Uh, as much as there was early in that game against the Titans, I uh, felt like that they really had a lot of confidence. I mean, Craig Stout looked up the numbers. Chiefs defense gave up 10 yards in the second half and overtime mm-hmm. uh, to to the Titans. And a lot of that obviously has to do with Malik Willis uh, just not being quite ready uh, to be out on the field yet. But um, let's move to the other side of the ball and talk about the Jags defense. I talked a little bit about the secondary. Uh, what else stands out about them? What, what could uh, potentially be a reason why the Chiefs uh, couldn't get things going like we hope and expect them to do? Yeah, there are, again, we mentioned the – the secondary issues. That's why I think that if they do play man coverage, it's probably not a good idea. They're at 23.4%, which is 13th in the league on third down. Um, there are other coverages they typically like to run on third down or cover three at about 28%. And they really only run uh, like quarters and, and, and stuff like that, about 8%. And I know a lot of Chiefs fans that quarters is the boogeyman for them. <laughs> this is not that style of defense. They're mostly middle field closed structures, um, especially on third down. If we're looking at overall, 
Um, they're even less in cover one. It's it goes down just a hair to 23% and they're 30% cover three. And they're still even less. They're uh, less than 7% quarters. So um, I think that looking at how this defense is structured, because it is so many middle field close looks, um, particularly zone middle field close looks, historically, Kansas City excels against that. I think that they're going to try to test it early and hit a couple, at least attempt a couple big balls to to MVS or mm-hmm. you know, maybe even they scheme something up for Tony or, or Sky or whoever. They're going to try a couple of those early. But worst case scenario, if they're sticking in cover three, how many times have Chiefs fans gone up against Gus Bradley's cover three and been like, mm. you know, we're mm. it's going to be the Travis Kelsey show. We're going to eat mm. all day long. Like it, it yeah. could be that kind of of matchup here. Um, I, I, and I just don't think that they have the talent to, to stop Kansas city. I really don't like up front. They're exciting. They got some good yeah. pieces up front on the Josh Allen is a target. That a lot of Chiefs fans wanted to trade for. Oh yeah. hundred percent. And he, and he's been really good this year. And Walker, I think has shown some really, really good things. Um, Devin Lloyd is a menace. Like their front mm-hmm. seven is legit. I think, I think it's going to be a little bit tough sledding to run the ball. Throwing, not so much. Throwing, they'll be fine. Jeez, don't run the ball anyway. I know. They it's like, oh, they're on the ball. Eight carries might only get 15 <laughs> yards. Who cares? Exactly. Um, we look at so you're you could be predicting a get right game for the Chiefs offense. You know, the I way mean, that they like to do things, not the running game and all of that, like yes, Patrick yes. Mahomes and the way that the Chiefs have historically had success. Obviously, they're the number one scoring offense in the NFL still. Uh, you you are pro- you are projecting or predicting a get right game for the Chiefs offense. I really want to, but God, there's something about the AFC South. Like they're gonna, yeah. I think they're gonna win, just like I thought yeah. they were gonna win against Tennessee. There's something about the AFC South, man. It's the stuff of nightmares for this team. Like they'll 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 go three and one, four and zero oh against this division, but it'll hurt along the way. So I think they win. Uh, what's the spread right now? Like eleven. It was 11 and a half when I checked it yesterday. We'll check it right now live during the recording, I guess. Thanks to our friends over at DraftKings. The line right now is nine and a half. It's gone down with an oh, over I would actually under take Kansas 50 City and a half. I would take Kansas City on that. This feels like a 10-point game. If it was like 11 and a half, I'd be like, I don't know about that. This feels like yeah. a 10-point Kansas City win. But you're going to have some moments in this game, I guarantee, where you're like, ah. <laughs> you know, it's it's AFC South. It's going to happen, but you're still probably going to win. You'll be fine. Don't need another one of those, Brett. We just had one. And I <laughs> I, I said on Monday and say yesterday, like, this is a game, uh, talking about the Titans game, that you want to go back and rewatch because you know how it ends. It may be significantly more enjoyable to watch, um, especially the first three and a half quarters watching the Chiefs offense uh, until Patrick Mahomes just went God mode on third and 17 and scrambled for 20 yards. And I would really like to know what Mike Rabel was thinking like that'd be the perfect time to uh if he was mic'd up to hear exactly what he was uh I, saying i, I or... guarantee you i know what he was thinking <laughs> but we can't repeat it here yeah all right let's let's stay in the afc south before we get prediction uh for sunday and, and put a bow on the chiefs jags i do want to stay in the afc south just because you brought it up and i want to get your it's not about the chiefs but the indianapolis colts <laughs> jim, jim ursay have you ever in the it since you've been covering the league or been a fan of the NFL, seeing a move like this where they bring in an interim coach and just, can you just give me your thoughts on Jeff Saturday before I lead you into something? 
because it's a massive slap in the face to you know assistant coaches on that staff mm-hmm. and, and it's not even the argument of like oh well they have uh gus bradley or they have john fox who have you know head coaching experience stuff like that like i'm not even coming from that angle but there are other uh, assistants on that staff that might never ever get their hat thrown in the ring for mm-hmm. any sort of of head coaching position um, even if they want it, even though they've been coaches in the NFL and they're qualified on paper and they've been court like Bubba Ventrone, like, you know, really good special teams coach. And he is a coordinator. He's at the coordinator level. He's never going to get serious consideration for head coach ever, probably, because very rarely do special teams coordinators ever get it. Yeah. But these interim jobs and these interim positions and keep in mind, Bubba like knows everybody on the roster and everybody <laughs> loves him yeah. and, if it would be very similar to a Rich Passaccia type thing mm. where because Rich Passaccia knew everybody on the roster because he's special teams, they rallied around him. They made a playoff run last year. I think mm. that, you know, are the Colts good enough to make a playoff run? No, but giving Ventrone or any other assistant like Ventrone the opportunity to show what he can do when given a chance, even if he doesn't get retained as the head coach, Mm-hmm. just giving him the experience and the exposure and the resume material and just the opportunity that he's grinded for as a coach for 60, 70 hours a week, giving him the opportunity is important. And we've seen so many coaches in this league that have become head coaches primarily because they got that interim chance, even mm-hmm. within the Colts organization itself with Bruce Arians. Like that was just a decade ago. And he was coaching for four decades and then finally got his first chance as an interim when Chuck Pagano got cancer. He got coach of the year, went to Arizona, mm-hmm. and he brought on Todd Bowles. And I, I did a whole video on this. Like He brought in Todd Bowles, who the year before was the interim DC in Philly when Juan Castillo got fired. And the year mm-hmm. before that, he was an interim in Miami and got a whole bunch of exposure that way. You know, mm-hmm. Anthony Lynn was an interim in Buffalo, and that got him a job with the Chargers. Uh, like it, it, it goes on and on and on. There's so many guys that that get opportunities because they, for lack of a better word, just get thrust into that position. And then all of a sudden people see them in that position. They're like, damn, they're pretty good. Yeah. You know, guys play for them. Like you're telling me Rich Bisaccia would, would have um, immediately gotten the special teams coordinator position in Green Bay this year without showing what he could do as the head coach for the Raiders. I'm not so sure he would. Yeah. So, I just I, I think it's a slap in the face to assistant coaches that this guy who has never I say this guy Jeff Saturday is a good person. Yeah, I've well, never the heard other part of this is that I've never heard anyone say anything bad about Jeff Saturday. Whether it's, it's publicly it's not or even, even behind the scenes, it's not it's, even a, it's not about it's a, him. It's a bad situation for him to go into though. For all the points that you just made, unless he has great relationships with all of those coaches on the staff he's legendary player but that does not mean those coaches know jeff saturday just because he played there forever ago that's a really tough situation for him to go into unless this is really jim mercy to saying come do whatever this is for this year because do you do we really think jeff saturday is in contention to get this job beyond this year no Uh, unless unless they win out like it's which they're not going to but i just i think it's and this is this doesn't even have to do with Jeff. Like it's not even a Jeff problem. Mm. It's an Ursa problem for completely skipping over <laughs> every assistant in that organization that has put their blood, sweat, and tears into trying to win football games for this team. Like yeah. Bubba Ventrone 
is the reason they beat Kansas City. The special teams game won that game. And I don't know. I just think somebody who's been an assistant or a coordinator for them for five years at this point, at least give them a shot. Do you think this is the kind of thing that could have a ripple effect in the future of assistants that have multiple options not wanting to go to a place like that because they make decisions like this down the road? Or is that too much? You know, coaches, if it's if it's an opportunity, coaches are going to take it. There's yeah. too few opportunities to pass up one. But if they have a choice, if they have a choice, you know, it, it will stick in their mind 100%. You know, yeah. would, would I, you know, if there if there's an opening for, you know, a assistant DB coach or whatever in Kansas City versus not that there will be because they have a great DB coach. Uh, yeah. But, you know, in Kansas City versus Indy, what opportunity do you think they're going to take? Probably Kansas City. Because, yeah. you know, you guys have stable, competent ownership that knows what it's doing and everybody trusts it and everything's fine there, you know? <laughs> Yeah. All right. Let's locally. I know I saw a couple of tweets of people saying, how did Jeff Saturdays never coached above the high school level, uh, get a head coaching job before Eric, the enemy, which is a whole different subject. Oh, that is You're such a different locally. can of worms. <laughs> it, it is. And it's not, it, they're completely it's, separate scenarios. As soon as I saw uh, it, I'm like, that's not even close to fair or realistic, but that's still at the same time for the enemy who understand, like who would understand, uh, we, no, we do play. not have for Jim say <laughs> it is what is it 9 41 a.m for me i do not i don't get to drink for another couple hours and i need a <laughs> drink to even try to get into that topic yeah because well, good lord <laughs> yeah don't don't estimate chiefs fans and, and people uh bringing up those kinds of things but <laughs> um the fact that it is a statement and it is a fact can be defended jeff saturday became a head coach uh, in the NFL level before Eric B enemy did. Hopefully and, and we'll see what happens, but before Dave tube and before sure. God, I honestly throw a dartboard at the, at the chief staff. Yeah. Like there, there's a lot of names you could pick out of that hat just within Kansas city, let alone around the league. Yeah. Like that's just one organization. Where yeah. I probably named five assistants that I, I would take, you know? Yeah. Well, Jeff, there's a long list of people that, uh, to your, yeah, that, have coached above the high school level. Uh, they could be in line for, <laughs> that could be an entire new podcast <laughs> of like, here's everybody that didn't get a head coaching job before Jeff Saturday. Uh, that would be an interesting. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, let's put a bow on the, the Chiefs-Jags game coming up on Sunday. Um, I know you kind of alluded to it before, but what's your prediction? 
What do you think is going to happen in this game when all the dust settles? I would say I I think this is going to be a a second quarter explosion, which I think it's been a while since we've seen one of those classic Chiefs like 21 point second quarters. But I kind of mm-hmm. feel a slow start here. They feel it out. They put up 21 in the second quarter and then we're just cruising and it's like 28 28 20. Actually no, I'm going to go 28 17. Okay. I'm going to have him cover <laughs> 28, you're gonna, 17. You're going to have under that magic number of 30. Though. I think they're averaging just over 30 points a game right now. So you think the Jags hold them under 30? Oh, it's not even that. I think it's just game's going to be, it, yeah. the game's going to be in hand and it's going to be a, let's see what Isaiah Pacheco can do kind of fourth quarter. Like that, mm-hmm. that's what I'm feeling here. Just force the Chiefs running game to practice. <laughs> How else are they going to get reps? This is the game to get reps, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like it, man. Well, again, appreciate you for joining us every week. That is Brett Coleman. You can find him on Twitter at Brett Coleman. You can find his YouTube channel and find all of his X's and O stuff at Brett Coleman. And uh, where can they find your other stuff? I know you got a new thing going on. Where the, where can they find that work as well? Uh, so I also have a podcast, uh, the Bootleg Football Podcast. Yeah. And, um, you know, we, we do league-wide there, but we end up talking about the Chiefs a lot because they happen to win a lot of football games. So uh, if you're interested in hearing, you know, X's and O's perspective for the entire league, including copious amounts of Chiefs content. You can go check that mm-hmm. out. And then uh, I still have a, a video that I put up recently on the, uh, the the shovel pass, the goal line shovel pass, and why Kansas City's so damn good at it. So I think a lot of people listening to that might find that interesting as well. Yes, I think uh, when they got to the red zone, I was like, Kadarius Tony's going to have something goofy. Something, something goofy's going to Kadarius Tony at some point. And I think there's going to be a shovel pass in the in a game plan for him sometime over the next couple of months. But, uh, but no, man, ev- thank you again for joining us and appreciate everybody out there for listening to this episode of KCS and Update. We'll have plenty more content coming to you before the Chiefs and Jags um, meet at Arrowhead. And that includes the breakdown with Matt Hamilton and Matt Castle talking a little bit about the Chiefs offense. Um, later today, you can find all that content along with everything else that we've got on your favorite podcast platform or on our YouTube channel. But until then, we'll see y'all later. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.